Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Time to talk a little jazz basketball. Tim Lacombe joining us, jazz radio studio analyst. Here I'm on pre-half and post-game shows. Of course, former uh, BYU coach was also on the staff at Utah before that. Tim, good morning. How are my buddies doing today? Uh, we're doing we're doing fine. Know, Jake and DJ, how you guys doing? Oh, playing the victim. <laughs> oh. Playing the victim. Some crowd. Some crowd already. <laughs> You're used to it. You've been booed by 20,000 people. What's me? <laughs> That's true. That's true. The problem, the sad thing is, is when you're it's your own fan, you know? That's what I meant. That's when you know you got, that's when you know you got a problem. <laughs> well, Jazz fans weren't booing when Houston was in town, but they were pretty distressed. And was it a one-off? Did you see any uh, issues there? Uh, the switching defense, can other people replicate that at the level Houston does and bug the Jazz with that going forward? Or are we just worried about nothing? It was just one night in the NBA and whatever. It happens. Well, I think that uh, I actually think the answer is a little of both. I think more than anything, it was a one-off. Uh, there were just too many wild plays where, uh, you know, the Jazz literally just gave them the ball. You know, there was just plays that you haven't seen the Jazz make all year. Uh, and, and I've kind of found, you know, in the situation with kind of all the emotion of the weekend, and then guys want to go out there and do something, you know, to honor him. Sometimes you, you play the game uh, with a different mindset, uh, and some crazy stuff happens. So uh, I write a lot of it off to Matt, but I do think there were some scheme things. I thought... Uh, you know, Houston's defense has always been difficult for the Jazz, the way they switch everything and keep everything very tight. Uh, switching allows you to stay home on shooters, so they got, you know, less looks uh, as a blunder, per se. And then I think the other piece that was interesting to me was just the amount of driving, isolation and driving that Houston did and had a ton of success. Uh, and so those are two things from a scheme standpoint that – other teams probably can pick up on, but I would say the Rockets are probably because you find the NBA switching and being able to communicate and keep track of everything. Um, and then they've got the guys to ISO you out and drive you. So those are two things, you know, when the Jazz play the Rockets again, uh, to look for probably, you know, even more because they'll have actually have their guy. So really, one singular thing, uh, no matter to what level, unless it's some catastrophic thing, really doesn't alarm me in January. So I can't get too crazy over a victory or a loss. But my thought is with the Rockets and doing what they did, guys see this, other teams see that, and you're dealing with, I happen to believe that most, if not all, these coaches in this league are extremely intelligent. And so they can see stuff and word can get passed. Do you have any concern about it now catching on with other teams down the line, you know, maybe not immediately against the Nuggets or what have you, but going forward, uh, see stuff, particularly when you get in the playoffs, because we saw last year 
when the Jazz played the Rockets, they had this unusual defensive strategy that they had never employed, at least not consistently. So the point being, when you get to the postseason, things really hone in. Do you see any concern about maybe down the line other teams trying to steal what the Rockets did and then the Jazz have to make adjustments to that? Yeah, I mean, that's always a concern. And I think that really all coaching is is, is – uh, another word, and obviously the, the big piece of coaching is having your team with you and, and getting them to play for you. Uh, the scheme stuff really is the amazing thing is how much how much you know, trends go through uh, the league and coaches pick up on them. I, I, when I first got in the car, I was listening. I always listen to you guys. Thank you. And, they, you know, Mike Reed was – or Mike Reed. Andy Reed was talking about uh, Shanahan and – just how he's brought two backs back into the game and that you're going to see more of that. Uh, the NBA is no different. And I think people obviously scout and watch film, so it's something to be aware of. But uh, that's something from, uh, especially being in January, from here forward, that's something the Jazz can devote some time to in practice and figure out ways to get better at attacking teams that switch. So you're watching these other uh, teams in the West – who is because uh, the records are the same with the virtually the same with the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Clippers. I think some Jazz fans look at this and think, well, the Clippers are probably a little better than their record because they're resting guys now, but all their guys will play in the playoffs and it'll be better. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets have had injuries and haven't had all their guys, so if they get healthy, they'll be better. Do you think either or both of those things are true, or you think there's other things that kind of make them? about this good and who they are as they head into the postseason? I'm, I'm, as you guys, I've made this clear, you know, the different things I've been on. I'm not a huge, uh, I'm not a huge uh, management guy, load management guy. And I think that last year, you know, I got somewhat proved wrong because I, I just don't know that you can flip it on and flip it off. Um, Last year, Toronto did an unbelievable job. Well, I did an unbelievable job of it. Proved that when you're fresh, um, you can do great things. So uh, my feeling is that it's going to be a dogfight. I don't know. I mean, if I'm rating out of those two teams, I say the Clippers are the better team. Uh, and I say the Clippers are the better team just because of their depth and the fact they've got Kawhi Leonard, uh, who I think – you know, right now is arguably one of the best players, one of the best two players in the world. Um, so my thought is, you know, get Paul George healthy and firing on all cylinders. But I just like their supporting cast as well. So I think Clippers, in my mind, playoff-wise, they're built for that. And I think they're, they're in my mind, a better team and a, and a tougher challenge right now. But I don't take anything away because I think the Nuggets are a great team as well. So... How vulnerable are the Jazz if threes aren't dropping? I think very vulnerable because that's a huge piece of what they try to do on a nice basis. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that's a little different this year, they're getting more scoring out of Rudy. Um, and then they've also got, in my mind, more so than ever before, they've got the, uh, the ability to, to play like I'm talking about with Houston, like, you know, Clarkson, Bogdanovich, uh, obviously Donovan, uh, Conley, uh, Joe Ingles. They can have all those different 
ball handlers. So you can really kind of pick on a matchup. Um, and that hasn't always been the case with the Jazz. It's been kind of like, this is our best player, and you've got to go against their best player. Um, and everybody else got to kind of play off that. I think the difference in this Jazz team this year is that these guys now have, or the Jazz now have four or five guys they can initiate and run offense through. And we've seen that to close games, you know. We've seen a heavy dose of gel when the matchup's been good. Uh, we've seen uh, Boyan go off at the end of the game, uh, even in the post, you know, them posting him up. And then obviously Donovan's just his reputation to just close games. Uh, so that's where I think the Jazz are different. And, yeah, vulnerable to the three, but not as vulnerable to the three as they have been and were prior to the free agency, or excuse me, the, uh, the trade. So to follow up on that, isn't everyone vulnerable if the three isn't dropping? And how much does it matter that the Jazz are at 38.5% from the three-point line? They're two points better than the next best playoff team in the West. So isn't everybody vulnerable to that? And you can worry about it, but everybody's worrying about it, so it kind of cancels each other out. Yeah, I mean... I was around it for so long, and worries really not kind of the word that coaches. Worries are probably what fans do. Obsess is what coaches do, and I think there's a big difference because uh, on the obsessed side, there's stuff you can actually work on and try to improve and get better. But yeah, the the whole league it's a it's a space it's a spacing and a three point league. I mean, you you don't have to watch much um, NBA to see that. That's where this game has gone. And uh, so, yeah, everybody's got to make threes. Um, but the Jazz have had nights where they haven't made uh, a ton of threes or they haven't shot a particularly great percentage and they've figured out a way to win the game. So I don't know that it's the be-all, end-all for them, but it is important, and that's the way they've built this lineup, uh, to be able to have isolation play and kickouts for wide-open shooters that are very good. Um, so... The three-point shot will be huge for the Jazz, but I think there's way. I think they're built differently now, so they can get through a bad shooting night. So I am guaranteeing that Mitchell and Gobert will make the All-Star team. Are you with me? Hundred percent. I don't know how. I don't know how they can't be. I, I just think that with the Jazz playing as well as they have in the first half, and then just take the numbers. I mean, I really think the tough thing is. You know, if you just uh, did a blind draw on the kind of year Bogey's had, you know, there's arguments that he could be one. Um, but for sure, I think those two guys have paid their dues. I think they've, um, you know, they've grown their team. They've committed to it, and they, they're, they're all-stars, no doubt about it. And Rudy shows us, again, you know, late the other night, that great block. Um, I think that's been one of my favorite things of being out coaching this year is I've been able to watch the Jazz more, yeah. and I have I have so much more fondness and respect for Rudy Gobert because you guys know, if you watch him on a night, a one-off basis, you watch him maybe once, then wait two weeks, it really depends on the night you get um, or it has in the past, but I think he's kind of put it together. He's consistently uh, dominating the defensive end and I think he's made great strides and polish to his offensive game. He's doing things offensively that I haven't seen him doing. Uh, and I know a ton of credit goes to my boy Alex Jensen on that piece. Now people are going to wonder how you and Alex are so tied. Explain it. Well, 
I was a, uh, my very first year at Utah, I was a manager. And I actually walked into the Utah offices and volunteered my, my time and services and had no idea how it would impact my life and my vocabulary. Um, PK knows what I'm talking about with the vocabulary. Bleep, yeah. He laughed. You know? <laughs> yeah, I need to hear your laugh. It needs to be audible. True. Because I'm in a car. I got it. Anyway, um, Al was a freshman on that team. And his nickname, and he earned it well, we got home from Laramie one night, and it was there was a blizzard. And we were, there's two managers, one guy was waiting for us at the Huntsman Center, but we pulled in about two in the morning, so we brought the bus back. And we got off, and it was a blizzard, and we were carrying bags, and I turned around, all the guys had taken off, but Al had loaded himself up um, with bags and was walking with us into the Huntsman Center. And from that point on, he was known as St. Al, and uh, that's, a, that's a friendship I've had now for, gosh, 30 years, um, and one that I really value, and I know how good he is. He's going to be head coach in the league soon. Yes, he is. Talk to him about that uh, in the fall. That's going to happen at some point. Yeah, he's really nothing short of sensational. <laughs> I, if, I, you know, if I were a woman, I'd marry him. Where'd that come from? Who's that? I just like guy in the passenger seat here. <laughs> Ask him what he thought of me. No, because again, vocabulary. <laughs> Good decision, Tim. Solid decision. Thank you. Some of the best yeah, times I've been of in this our for lives. A couple months now. I know. I know what where to push and where to pull. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's all about time and score. You got to you got to know time and score before you hey. make decisions. Come on now. We understand. Yep, time to score, buddy. Bosses he was well taught in the trap leagues of San Diego. <laughs> Bosses push, leaders pull. Bosses push, leaders pull. Yeah. I like it. I'm headed to a sales conference all day today, 8 to 5. Use that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. With a little break for my uh, cameo with DJ, 3 o'clock. <laughs> that a kid. I like it. Uh, so one more thing that we should uh, pass along. If he's going to be in a sales okay. seminar, he needs to use the line, was it your brother-in-law who used it in mm-hmm. interviews? Yeah, yeah. Structure? Yeah, well, you have to have flexibility within a structured system. Accountability in a structured system? Flexibility in a structured well, system. Flexibility. Yeah. And structure Sounds way deep. I highly agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, in fact, let's do let's do a little game here today. Um, since I'm going to be sitting in that all day, my Twitter's at T Lacombe. Okay. Maybe uh, you guys think of some really smart things that don't sound contrived that maybe I can throw my hand up and just offer. <laughs> uh, I like it. Okay, wisdom, business, something. wisdom. Maybe I tag, like it. Tag DJ and PK yeah. so they can get a chuckle too. Right. And let's uh, let's make the best of the sales conference. Okay. Well, DJ will put that on Twitter right now, and he'll get dozens of responses, and we'll get them for you, and then you can use them throughout the day. All right. You do it too, DJ. So we get our PK. So we get a you know we get a thousand responses. Oh. I know the other people. You're a man of the people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to see if I can get KUTV to retweet it. Their, yeah. their Twitter account's got a couple hundred thousand. That'll get you going. Yeah. Yeah. We'll hey, do, do it. I have? Do you have? Do I have one minute to just address the Kobe thing? I know it's been a couple of days, but I go ahead. Do you have time, or can you go? Go ahead. I just uh, 
Man, I, I, that thing hit me, and the crazy part about it, my son is the biggest uh, NBA guy in the world, and I have, actually happened to see it on Twitter about a minute after it was posted the first time. And you've seen so many of those things, you get, you know, cynical. But I guess the main thing is it kind of came to fruition, it was true, and it knocked us all back. I, I do think that over the last couple of days there's been some magic in my life in terms of, you know, both myself and other people reaching out and kind of fixing some things in the past. Um, and, you know, I, it's sad that it had something happen, you know, tragic had to happen, but I guess that would be my plea. I think we can make the world a better place, right? And uh, we've all got stuff in our lives, and nobody's perfect, but I can just speak from experience that this tragedy, whatever, you know, the one thing I've tried to do with it is reflect on people that are still here that, we can have an impact on and um, I'm not always very serious but that that last couple of days has actually made a huge impact on me so thought I'd share that with you guys all right there it is we will leave on that and you will uh, not check Twitter on your phone while you're driving to your sales conference but once you get there no. there should be yeah. several things available that will make you sound wise yeah I do this uh, Provo to Salt Lake commute every day man and I the one thing I have learned you put that phone in your glove compartment you don't even think about it you know so it's all good tim we appreciate it thank you all right guys we'll see you